BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor, Dennis Dick, Mitch Hodge with you this morning. Got a lot to discuss today. We Today is actually the one-year anniversary of Pump and Powell, of the Fed coming in with two hands, with their printers go burr. Market bottomed one year ago today. The day the Fed announced they were going to throw as much money as this at this thing as possible, and so maybe we can reflect on that for a minute because that that could be fun. The very first edition of Pump and Powell. It's Pump and Powell. We have uh, Dennis wants to explain when uh, a weird thing that happened last night in GameStop. There was a um, call it a fat finger. Um, a few people reached out to him about an odd tick. We'll get to that and why that happened. And what that means. Got a lot of news this morning, though. Uh, AstraZeneca has some news. Microsoft has some news. Viacom has some news. FREQ is your disastrous stock of the day. There's a bidding war for coherence, C-O-H-R. So a lot to get to on today's show. Our guest, we have two guests, one at 835, one at 9. Nick Shaheen will be on at 835. He's the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. And David Trainer will be on at 9. He is the founder and CEO of New Constructs. And he'll break down... Uh, the market and some earnings reports for us at that time. Don't forget, everyone, smash that like button. Let's go. It's Tuesday morning. We got a full day ahead. We're excited. Not that. Smash, smash the like button, and I will throw it to Joel, and Joel will tell us what's doing here in the overnight session. Good morning, Joel. And you did it. I'll mention the most important news. And congratulations to Joel. We're dancing, um, baby. Sweet 16. Survive in advance is the name of the game. Michigan did it. Maryland did not. Oh, man. Hard to concentrate all day yesterday, that game. I do not like 
I do not like these uh, the the format. I know it's COVID and everything, but man, I like everything over by the weekend except for the final game. But that's not why you guys are here and gals. S and P's down fifteen in handles at thirty nine fifteen. Little weak on the close, kind of follow through. Pre market high thirty nine thirty eight seventy five. That looks safe for now. Pre-market low, 39.08 and a quarter. Have nothing there. Our interday low, our 9.30 to 4.15 low was 03 and a half. And I know that because I got stopped out there on a long. Uh, Crude, that's down 268. Crude getting lit up at 56.98 or 89, that is. Uh, Gold trying to get over 17.50, only up a dollar at 17.39.10. Silver going the opposite way. We have silver down 12.4 cents at uh, 25.65. In Bitcoin, uh, some cautious words by Pump and Paul on it. It's down $1,065 and 54540 And I talked to a long-term bull yesterday, and he has flat Bitcoin. And it was out without me talking about uh, the 55000 level. But uh, Bitcoin, let's see. Down a thousand dollars. Triple D. Did you sell uh, GameStop at three hundred seventy-four last night? I wish night? I did. I'd love to, but no, <laughs> uh, nobody. And and the truth is, show show the print that we're Let talking about. Let me see if we here. got it. Yeah. Multiple people reaching out to me to GameStop trade to three seventy-two last night. It absolutely did not. You will see it on the tape. We'll show you the tape right now. What this is called is a bad tick. Um, and you know, we, we, this is one argument, you know, they've been even talking about in GameStop, you know, um, in, in the congressional hearings, um, not talking about bad ticks, but talking about FINRA people talk about off exchange trading. There's not enough transparency there. What we need is more transparency because about half of your trades, almost half your trades occur off exchange. They're not occurring on the exchange. So all those trades just get reported as FINRA, FINRA trade reporting facility, just blanket them all. So that can include off-exchange market makers, like where retail orders are being executed. That can include institutional crosses. It includes any type of, you know, can, and talk. We know two tr- people are putting trades together. It can include anything, you know, that's off-exchange, and they just blanket it all there. A lot of that stuff is reported to the tape. The internalizer, like Citadel, UBS, and, you know, all reported automatically. It goes automatically to the tape. So you're not going to see a lot of mistakes there. But there is sometimes some off-exchange trading that's still manually reported to the tape. What I suspect, and because we don't have transparency, we can only suspect. We don't really know why the 372 is there. What I suspect is that somebody was reporting that manually to the FINRA tape and keystroked it wrong. They typed in the wrong number. So when the trade occurred, off-exchange got to be reported to the FINRA tape. They've literally typed in the wrong number, sent it in. It gets printed to the tape. And obviously didn't trade there. I mean, GameStop, if you look at the chart, hasn't traded 372 in, you know, back since January. So a lot of times you'll see trades that occur outside the market because they're getting reported late to the trade, that late to the tape where that trade occurred earlier during the day. But, you know, there has been no trade happening in GameStop like there for months. So there's no way for you to sell it up there. There's no way for you to buy it up there when it's FINRA. You, it's stuff that's happening off exchange. It's not, you know, some of your trades occur. If you're a retail trader, some of your trades will hit the FINRA tape because that's the off exchange market maker that's executing your order and then reporting it to the FINRA tape. But that 372, if you think you can get that price, you cannot. It really didn't trade there. It was probably keystroked in wrong. The trade probably didn't occur at that price. 
So that's your quick ex- ex- explanation. So if your your after hours trend GME looks funky, it's just because a hundred shares was misreported um, at six oh three on GME. And is it there a time in the morning when uh, uh, they throw up a bunch of late prints? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Yeah. In the morning, you'll see yep. where your charts do a lot of funky stuff. A lot of the Fin reports come in at eight a.m. as well. So, I mean, stuff's getting reported to FINRA all the time. There's trades always occurring. But then there's, you know, like a bunch that hit the tape at 8 a.m., which throws out your charts there, too. Usually, you're not seeing something 200 points outside the market. That's why I suspect it was, you know, a human error in, you know, typing this, you know, out. And I would imagine there may even be a correction of the tape later on today uh, if they catch it. But, I mean, it's just been reported wrong. It's highly unlikely that the trade actually occurred at that price. In, in any regard, there's nobody buying or selling. You cannot buy or sell it at 372. Be nice. I'd love to sell at GameStop at 372 and rebuy it at 195, but or buy it at 195 and sell at 372. But no such luck. There's no free lunch. My chart, uh, Trade Station didn't even pick that up, or they it, it's not on there. But uh, no, maybe they already it, wiped it out. Same, same, with, same with me, Joel. I didn't even see it. They could have wiped it oh. out. I mean, it, maybe it's already been corrected. Mine, mine is showing it still. So somebody asked me, so I just went and downloaded the tape. And I was like, okay, yeah, there it is. So I just circled it and sent it out there. And I thought, ah, that's a good educational point, too. Because you do see these trades sometimes occur outside the market. So that's your quick explanation. Yeah. All right, education. GME is supposed to report earnings here, though. Oh, um, are you ready? So we might as well talk GameStop because there's going to be fireworks on this. You know, what? what is first, you know, I didn't go look at the expected move. Did anybody do that? Uh, I can do that in a second. What what I was going to what I was going to say is that as far as timing, GameStop is you almost always out at like four fifteen Eastern. Like I just I went back and looked at the last like eight, the last like two years, last eight quarters, and they're almost always out at four fifteen. The call is I think really what people want to see or hear, and that'll be at five Eastern. Going out to March 26th, right? Yeah, March 26th. I'm just pricing it for you right now. 190. Let me guess. Yes. Uh, 100. No, lower. It's not 100 bucks. 80. 100 100 bucks. I'll write it for 100 bucks. $100. It's $195 stock. The straddle, though? You said the straddle, right? Yeah, I'll write the straddle for 100 bucks. I'll write myself out. It's 50 up, 50 down. No way. No, no. Because it, it's 100 is way too much on $194 stock. So you're way high there. Spencer, your guess. Uh, well, I kind of cheated, but is it 60? Yeah, it's 58 bucks. <laughs> Again, we're looking at the closing prices. Options aren't open in the morning. So we're just taking the close. I just went and grabbed the 195s. You want to quick calculate that? Easy. Go to the most current option expiration, which is March 26th, I've got, and go to the closest strike, 195, the closest strike, and take the out of the, the puts and out of the calls of that strike. So the last on the, the calls were 28.90, the last on the puts were 30 bucks. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then there's a spread involved there. So you can just ballpark at 58 to $59. It's a lot of money to pay for straddle. On an earnings. So they're getting a $58 move is what they're expecting. I'm going to say it's going to go less than that. So I don't have the guts, Ooh. but I'd like to be a straddle raider on That's this. I don't have the right guts. There. That's a hot take. Yeah, I don't have the guts, though, for it. <laughs> Wouldn't sleep well at night imagining, 
oh, they come out with some news on NFT or something. GameStop's going to get in the NFT market, and the oh, thing's like five hundred dollars. <laughs> really, it really wouldn't go to the moon. That's that. just a joke. No, not yeah, yeah. Be, like, be careful. Be careful there. with what you say. Yeah, people say, like, oh, Dennis Dick said that GameStop's going to get the NFTs. That was a joke. So just clarifying. Jack that. Dorsey sold his tweet for two point nine million. It's just tweet. so crazy, man. Wow. So somebody officially owns the first tweet. I guess that's kind of cool. They can print it out, put it on the wall, and say, "I own the first tweet." It cost me two point nine million dollars. I could print it out for free and say, "Hey, there's the first tweet." So, but I guess it's the I own it. I kind of, you know, you keep reading about this, and maybe you get it. I mean, you could just print out the Mona Lisa and throw it on your wall. And say, you know, oh, here, you know, there's the Mona Lisa, but you don't own the official Mona Lisa. So I kind of get the scarcity of it in that regard. Is the tweet worth $2.9 million? Is a fart, a series of farts worth 75 bucks or whatever? From some random guy? How much was it worth? I thought you said 85. I thought I read 85. No, $85? What's the difference? What's it? And then is the Beeple thing worth $60 million or whatever they paid? I don't know, man. I mean, we're just in an environment where there's money all over the place. There's a lot of rich, rich people. The rich got richer. The poor got poorer. The gap got wider. And the rich are looking to do stuff with their money. And this is the new cool thing. Let's go and get right in these NFTs. They're going to get big. And I'm going to own the first tweet. And it's going to be worth more because somebody else is going to pay more for it. So, I mean, if somebody's willing to pay more afterwards and you make money on it, I guess it was a good investment. But I'm still... You know, and, and the stocks, give your list again here, Spencer, because the list you gave us three, four days ago on this show has definitely exploded. Oh, TKAT yeah. at the top of that list. It's now $57. We were talking about this at about 20 and something. I, <laughs> I'm saying I don't know anything about this stuff. This is highly speculative. But, man, that list has continued to explode. TKAT being right at the top yeah you've got now you've got like wk wkey you got hofv these are from yesterday guys uh last night i'm writing them down again last night playboy plby what do you playboy yeah remember they're public again they spacked it out are Uh, are they an nft play all of a sudden they they said what did they say the ceo said at a Roth conference that they're attracted to the NFT space. So, yeah, basically, that's what that means. They're going to sell naked <laughs> pictures of girls. You're going to have the it. official naked picture of this girl. I guess I can see a photo. I mean, there. the whole point is is it's good for art and photography. So, why, why theoretically, oh, yeah. right? In, in theory, it should work. Um, I still think Kodak, man. I know, like, it doesn't well, get any well, love. But... There was a thing last night. There was a thing last night on Kodak. Yeah, there was a press release or something. But no, then it, it went back down, too. It yeah, it was, popped it, it was like a company blog post. Yeah, that, that I don't really even know the point. I, I, I didn't quite put two and two together there. but yeah. um, I, I don't know. I kind of like the code. I don't have it. I had it, and then I got, you know, obviously I was playing it, and I thought it might get an NFT pop on. Then I had the crappy earnings, and I was able to sneak out of it um, on the earnings pop off the crappy earnings. I'm not in it right now. I kind of want to be um i don't know but maybe this is just every time it pops it just seems to drop so it's not hasn't got any nft love as of up to this point so maybe it's not gonna find it support then, here eight but, bucks there's decent support if you traded it yeah i don't five know five lows in a row i didn't like that it had some headline last night though and then popped and then dropped on it anyways so i don't know i've also got others on this list here i don't have any of these things i'm just looking you know off twitter and stuff so you know yeah, i'm yeah. looking at the i'm basically looking off my scanner 
I've seen these ridiculous pops. I'm like, well, what is that? And then you know, you look, you look, and you can look on Twitter. It's like, oh, they're talking about it as an NFT. So, pie. so like something I would recommend if you if you've got Benzinger Pro, the easiest thing to do is just do a keyword search for token, the word token. So like, if I always pop in there. Here, let me um. These are highly speculative. And some of these companies are going to be linked to NFT. And some of them are just being discussed on social media right. as possible NFT plays and popping right. because of that. And there's been nothing from the companies on them. So, I mean, you got to be very careful with all this stuff. For some sure. of these stocks have exploded. For sure. But like, you can just search the word token and see the ticker. So CLPS, okay? I don't know. Right? Uh, L-I-V-X. You, you, you got to just kind of... Um, yeah. Right, you got you got to just but like it, 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 this is a good first source though. If you want, if you want like to get your list and see, okay, what am I missing? Like you could try searching on Twitter, but this is a much more refined search, right? Just the word token. So you see like TKAT, and you just go back for a few days and grab all as many tickers as you can, and and start from there, and then whittle it down, or not, or not, or not, you know, or, or just go to the chart and play on the chart. But I mean, it's W K E Y. There's I-M-T-E, they were talking about them. Um, Zebra K-I-N, I think you might have just said that one. And O-C-G. Also, they want to take this. Like, Pizza Hut is offering the first NFT pizza. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, <laughs> what does that taste like? I don't know. Don't ask questions. <laughs> what does it taste like? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. I'm not a big fan of Pizza Hut. No, I don't think anybody. I like Pizza Hut. You don't like Pizza Hut? Thank corrected. Right. Who doesn't like Pizza Hut? I don't, Why don't you I, like I, Pizza Hut. Is, is, is this spilling over into like uh, uh, baseball cards and coins and stuff, or just just yeah. stuff that you just digital? I'm I'm not sure. I get. It. I, I think the collectible markets has already been hot though. Okay. Like, you know, so, yeah, but it is, I mean, they're talking about digital sports cards and stuff like, you know, like I'm sure it's going to, it's going to go into everything. Like you got to think if this is all run on the Ethereum platform, does that make you want to own Ethereum more than Bitcoin? Cause now Bitcoin doesn't seem to have like a real use. I mean, all of a sudden Ethereum has a use. I mean, Bitcoin is a store of value, but what are you really using Bitcoin for besides criminal activities? I mean, nobody's transacting with this, but if this Ethereum is running this whole NFT, and you think these NFTs are going to continue to be hot? And I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I think it's stupid, but I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Uh, maybe you want to be long Ethereum. What's the Ethereum chart look like? It's already exploded, eh? Uh, I, yeah, here we'll, we'll we'll bring it up. Bring it up. Maybe I should trade my Bitcoin in for Ethereum. Should I do that, folks? I don't know any of those. I mean, you should probably. I mean, I've got some Bitcoin. It's probably a good idea to diversify. Um, here is I have two. Yeah, I have two different. Here. Bitcoin. I have this a Bitcoin is, ETF and I have that QBTC yeah, one still. This is, Ethereum, this is Ethereum going back to the beginning of last year. This is Man, the, I should have been buying this thing last year on this NFT stuff. So, <laughs> we only knew. Yeah, that's Ethereum. All right. Uh, let's go back to the stocks, though. Yeah, I never saw it. Did you put it up there? They say diversify. Yeah, yeah, I should it. sell half my Bitcoin and buy Ethereum with it. I think so, too. If this is NFT is going to be all running on Ethereum, maybe I should buy half Ethereum. Yeah, the, this is Ethereum. This is the chart of Ethereum. So, um, it's up a lot. What about stock news? Can't, let's sure. Talk, let's talk. Let's talk Microsoft here. Microsoft is reportedly, according to Bloomberg, in talks to potentially acquire Discord, which we know uh, or has been previously reported that it is in play in some way, shape, or form, either to go public via SPAC or or otherwise. Uh, Discord is, if you don't know, a huge, huge platform for gamers and 
for traders as well, especially during the pandemic, I think that here their downloads grew to about 800,000 a day during uh, the peak of the pandemic. Uh, their user base is over 140 million monthly active users. And uh, that's doubled from where it was two years ago. How uh, is Discord different than any other chat room? Is it just uh, the new sexy chat room? Like, well, how is it? I, I, mean, I don't have a Discord account, but maybe I should get one. So it's not so much how it's different; it's that it's it's like who is there, right? It's 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 used. It's like a lot of gamers use it, right? Because it allows you to to chat via via video and and text. It's basically like a it's like the de facto. I mean, you've got Twitch out there as well. Twitch is 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 like a streaming platform. Yeah. Uh, but Discord is. In theory, right, it's not that different than, than any chat room that came before it. It's the same idea, but it's just it's just a question of who who hangs out there. And a lot of gamers and and now a lot of traders hang out there. That's the difference. And this is a great time. I mentioned the fact that who else hangs out on Discord? Benzinga. You're on yeah. Discord? We've got a Discord. <laughs> like a dribble. He's like, we're on Discord? We're on Discord. Are we on, like, pre-market preps on Discord right now? Uh, no. No. Oh, well, why isn't pre-market I don't think prep on there? Well, pre-market prep is, um, no, we're not, no, but Benzinga has a Discord where we post pre-market prep, but it's not, we're not live on, on Discord, at least to my knowledge. I don't no. think. I have a question um, for the chat. Who actually has Discord and actually pays for Discord? No, that's the difference. That's the question. That's yeah, how's Discord make money? <clears throat> that, 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 is, that is why are you asking? I guess it's advertising, but yeah. Uh, this advertising? I well, sound like a dinosaur. I do. I definitely sound like a dinosaur. Oh, there's a whole bunch of people that pay. And and Discord. here, Tech Tech Girl says they use schools in France. Use How much Discord. is it? Sorry, I talked over you. How much is it, Discord? Like, what do you pay? Uh, Sky Daniels. Does twenty two a month for uh, holy crap? Chat's moving fast. Um, twenty two a month for uh, a chat on Discord is what Sky Daniels plays. That's pretty uh, good um, money they got coming in, man. Yeah, I gotta go buy. I gotta go. I'm gonna go on Discord. Two hundred. Somebody just paying ten dollars, five dollars. Why do they all pay? There's three different tiers apparently. Holy. No, um, no, two hundred. Oh, oh yeah, he just said it was. You know what, Microsoft? I don't, I don't know. This is is this a big deal? I mean, a ten billion is a big deal. Microsoft is just it's been in a trading range here. Two twenty five hasn't been much at two twenty five to two forty. You haven't seen that two forty yet. You haven't even taken out yesterday's high yet. So that's your first number you got to deal with is thirty six ninety, and then this two forty high. But uh, this is that's let. Let it shake out here between uh, 225 and 240. Get near the top of the trading range. I just posted the link to the Benzinga Discord in, I'm going to check all, it out right in all the chats. I can't hit it because it keeps moving on me. There it is. Yep. What should everyone call you? Triple D. All right. Don't, don't set this up now. <laughs> don't sign up now. Don't right. set this up now. I just did. All right. Oh, he's not easy. He's done. He was so I'm in. All right. Maybe you can get a forward. bunch of fans on there like you have on uh, Wall Street. You Bats. can temporarily enter your birthday. Oh, it's too much. I mean, I, I can't. <laughs> out. too much. I'm out. They want they they ask want for more information. No, nah, no private information. I'm out of here. For that reason, I'm out. <laughs> All right, let's talk AstraZeneca here. This is the first bit of news I saw when I woke up this morning. Um, and it was a release, I guess, from the National Institute of Health. Uh, oh, no, not it was the NIAID 
which is what, what Fauci oversees. Mm-hmm. And they're concerned that AstraZeneca may have used outdated data oh, in, their, in their U.S. trial for their vaccine, oh, for their COVID doesn't vaccine. doesn't sound that great. I, the AstraZeneca shot is in Ontario. Actually, my parents are scheduled to get it tomorrow. So I'm like, I have a like personal interest in this story a little bit here uh, as well. I mean, it sounds like the numbers, if there's only 29 people that have blood clot issues and millions and millions of people have been vaccinated, it sounds like the risk is fairly low. But I'd rather have the vaccine that had no blood clot issues. So, um, you know, I don't know what to say about it. But, you know, there's been a couple of companies that banned. Lots of companies are, or, or lots of countries are still giving it out. Ontario is still giving it out, probably for lack of having other any other vaccines in Ontario. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on AstraZeneca. The stock itself's already got, you know, been priced in a lot of this stuff. I mean, is it going to have a huge pop if they get past this? Uh, you know, it's dropping a little bit. I mean, if some people, th- th- there's more downside than upside with the stock, really. I mean, if some more people start getting sick, you have potential lawsuits here. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want to own the stock right now. Uh, trading range kind of got up near the top of the trading range yesterday. Fifty-one twenty-one was the high, giving it back yesterday. I mean, this is already traded over in Europe, so under fifty though looks pretty open between forty-nine and fifty. But I mean, these vaccines haven't done a lot for it. Like you'd see, like I said, it popped to the all-time high on that. Uh, I don't know. We got a little bit of this, uh, Elisa Peck. I'm not thrilled about it i don't think it's going anywhere so yeah we go to our disaster stock of the day which is sure. freq all right this is frequency therapeutics they're working on a shot to treat uh sensory neural hearing loss and oh. their um what the phase 2a results interim phase 2a results uh basically did not show any improvements in hearing versus the placebo so FREQ, which was $58 a month, two months ago, is down to 10 this morning. So I work on a hearing drug. They call themselves frequency therapeutics, and their hearing drug doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Not a good recipe for, um, you know, obviously, this is making new all-time lows here now. You know, everybody always wants to come in these things, and I've been burned this way, too. You come in the big day after, and you're like, oh, it'll bounce back. You know, they'll figure this stuff out. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I mean, we're still waiting on Streptotherapeutics. I bought that one on the big dip. Mm. It's gone nowhere for basically the last three months. So I I like, you know, these one-trick ponies are tough because, you know, when their trick doesn't work out, they're burning cash because they're in trials, you know, and eventually some some of these stocks actually don't make it. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Maybe they will figure it out. Maybe the next trial will, will do better. Maybe they can do some adjusting. But remember, all these startup, you know, uh, biotech companies are burning cash continuously. So when these trials don't work, it's like, okay, well, now we need another round of funding to try again. If you can't get that next round of funding or, you know, if your next trial doesn't work as well either, you're continuing to burn cash <laughs> and the stocks continue to leak. So highly speculative just come in buying a stock at nine bucks, even though it was 36 yesterday. This is an interesting chart because they slammed it down to 875 and they bounced a little bit. So, but it's just not going very far. Like there's no bounce in here yet. I mean, you got a bounce of a buck. So protecting that low, but no one is racing out. I keep eyeing that pre-market low 875. That's a new old time low. Uh, but just 
it's just I, it must be so thick right there, Dennis. What is there like a is there a, a, a tight marketing in here like nine ninety at ten bucks or something? This thing is not moving at all after such a big fall. It's no bounce, no bounce yet. See what happens on the open. Next, let's go to. Uh, we haven't talked coherent for a while on our show, but we should cohr because we got ourselves a a, bidding a, war. a real bidding war here for cohr. So you got to go back to January to see the first offer, Lumentum. Yeah. Lumentum came out January 19th, said we're going to buy Coherent for $5.7 billion in cash and stock. Um, and the, so that was on the 19th of January. Fast forward. What price did that, what price did that come out to? So it, it, came out to, so, uh, it came out to uh, $100 a, sh- uh, a share plus one. There's a ratio. So it, uh, okay. I, I, I'm not going to get into that. Um, so that was January 19th. Fast forward uh, three weeks, we get uh, another unsolicited offer from MKS Instruments, tickers MKSI there, um, and sure. and Coherence said that would be an exchange for $115 a share in cash plus another ratio. So, again, not going to do that math for you. Uh, let's fast forward again to – so that was on February 8th. Fast forward four days to February 12th, IIVI came in with an offer for 260 a share in cash. For uh, coherent again, that's February twelfth. So now we've got three offers on the table as of February twelfth. Coherent, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lumentum came in with a revised offer uh, that values the company at two seventy five a share in cash. That was on March seventeenth, and now this morning we have another revised offer from Lumentum that values the company at two thirty share in cash plus a higher ratio. Uh, so two thirty share plus a ratio of 0.67. Uh, two four shares of Lumentum uh, is is the the latest. So that's the now the fifth offer we've gotten for this stock between three companies. Uh, it looks like eventually somebody's going to buy it. I mean, and <laughs> who's winning is the shareholders because it keeps getting bid up a little bit more every single time. So uh, I don't know. Did what you the say two seventy five? Uh, yeah, it was two seventy five. That was the that was the offer from Lumentum on March seventeenth. Huh? Because it's it hasn't traded anywhere near there. So well, you could have this situation well, 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 where it keeps going bidding. What if everybody says we're all out? You know, there's yeah. always a risk that everybody says they're all out, and then the stock tanks. So I mean, I, I don't know. think that's going to happen. But I'm telling you why it's not at 275. So even though there's a bidding war going on, yeah, it's off that old time high. Ah, man, I. The momentum that they definitely tried to get it on the cheap there, right? Went uh, 145 to 200, hung out there. Don't know anything about the company, but they keep jumping the bids like this. I mean, you may eventually want to uh, ring the register. I don't know if I'd want to own the company that that uh, that picks them up, but uh, hasn't traded in the pre-market. Some of them trying to sell 262 here, so quite a bit below that offering price. All right, it's 8.31. We will definitely get to ticker time. Uh, I promise there's a bunch of tickers that, that we have here uh, the, uh, to get to from chat. Let's do a couple more, though, uh, on our list. Let's start with Viacom. Awesome. Uh, this thing yeah, smart. Stock, stock yeah, very smart. We come out last night. Hey, we're doing an offering. We're going to uh, raise $2 billion of Class B shares and a billion dollars of Class A convertible preferred shares. And that was out at like four o'clock last night. 
people want to pay ridiculous prices for their stock, why not sell, you know, and make some money off of it. So very smart by the the company to raise cash when the stock's trading. Is that an all-time high for Viacom? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I can't understand, you know, I guess it's just the value trade. This is your poster child for the value trade. A year ago, stock was thirteen dollars. We were worried about whether you know it's going to even be in business, and now it's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, you know, and it's over a hundred dollars. I mean, it's went from so cheap on a P multiple to expensive in basically three months because we went from thirty to a hundred in the last three months. So, or four, yeah, three months basically. Unbelievable move. I would have never thought this was possible with Viacom, but the value trade. This is your poster child for how hot the value trade has been. You know, sometimes these offerings can really knock stocks off their keister. You know, I, I don't know if this is going to happen, hit the 100 buck tight range yesterday, but obviously we don't have the pricing on it yet. I, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes these are turns. I remember that happened with DraftKings. So I don't know if you're still sitting on profits on this one when the company thinks it's a good idea to do an offering, maybe it's a good idea for you too. Uh, but, I'd uh, run the register. If I, I would. I would have run it at like oh, 70, yeah. 80, 90. <laughs> this value trade, people who are jumping in this value trade now on certain stocks, there's still certain stocks that haven't participated at all. But, you know, people who are jumping in now on this value trade, you know, chasing stocks that went up from 30 to 103 months. I mean, <laughs> I guess momentum traders, if you're momentum, these are the kind of stocks you want to be in. But if you're long term investors, like, I just don't buy stocks up there. They went up 200% in three months. And it's a company that's, you know, obviously business has not been great. So I don't know. I wouldn't short it. I don't short stocks making new all-time highs. The, the, the question, uh, to, so Joel was asking, or Joel said that sometimes these things can really turn uh, a stock, can it turn a whole peer group? Because it's not just Viacom. It's Fossil Fox. It's also Discovery. They've all moved together. Oh, the whole group went. Yeah. Right. AMCX, which I right. talked about as a value trade for a long time. It got hammered. You know, like I was in that thing a couple of years ago thinking, you know, that the stock was cheap. And it was. And it got a hell of a lot cheaper. You know, and it's come too. So, I mean, all of Discovery has been unbelievable. You know, Discovery, 71. It's it's down here this morning. might have had something going on. But 30 to 75. Unbelievable Ooh. moves. D-I-S-C-A we're talking about. Yep, I got it up there. Uh, yeah, that's crazy moves. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking like, oh, well, they're doing an offer. Maybe, you know, Viacom's doing an offer, and maybe we'll, they're going to do an offering too. Just get, get some cash out, way up here, D-I-S-C-A. That's uh, another another value stock, value move. I don't know when they're in your register on these, but uh, good. it's taken out this 75. They had a couple lows in that area in the last two sessions, so – if you're looking for old support to be new resistance, uh, two parallel 7420-7451. On the downside here, we do have a pair of lows to contend with. It uh, uh, it's called 7075. That splits some lows between the 15th and the 17th, and then you drop off to a weird number 66.66. That was your March 12th low. All right, we will have Nick Shaheen from Create Income with Option Spreads on in just a moment. Sure. Before that, let's just let's, let's get a head start on ticker time. Let's just do one from this is from the Benzinga Pro chat. They were asking about 
ticker CAN, which is a high flyer uh, crypto play. They're asking about if there was if Joel can maybe identify for them like a me- a medium term level, like not a short term level, like a oh like, yeah, easy. Well, like a level going out like a, like a few weeks, like a month or two. Oh yeah, this is this is an easy one. It's an easy one. Okay. All right, and the reason I say it's easy is because you had a big old run emanated from the five dollar area. I'd be keep ooh, it's under twenty three under oh under twenty three here. Thirty two point oh seven is the fifty percent retracement. This right low there. right here, yeah. I'd say this twenty to twenty two area, you better find support here yeah. over the next couple of days, or else I think you get more. Also, you know, you got to keep an eye on Bitcoin too. But uh, 2022 must hold area. I just don't like the, the landscape between 15 and 20, but we'll see. Now, a little bit of a haircut there after the rally from what well, was five bucks at the beginning of February. Let's see what happens here. See if it can hold this 2022 area. Call it 21. All right. So it must hold that area is what you're saying. And if it, if it, if it doesn't look out, that's basically. Look out 15. And, you know, they want to re- hold those 50% retracement levels. They're big. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're important. Stocks and the, the whole thought process. Stock has a big run; it corrects itself and gives back. Usually, have to move, stabilize, and then start to you know go higher again. You know, so you want to see some stabilization. Maybe it's not just to buy the fifty percent on day one. Try to see if it's going to stabilize there. You know, like yesterday, it's down another buck here. So let's see. Let's get some stabilization. Let's get a green candle in there. Let's get you know, show me some support there. You know, where it should get support. Yep. But show it to me. Show me the money. And also, when you think about this, you know, people are like, oh, I got to buy it here. I got to buy here. You know, there's people still long at 5, 10, 15. They're like, okay, oh, well, I didn't sell it at 40, but I'll sell it at 20. Uh, big volume yesterday on that down day, too. So maybe wait to get along with a couple lows in the same area. Maybe the sellers lighten up a little bit, but uh, you know, little that's maybe when you get a little bit of a pop. But that's it. Also, keep an eye on Bitcoin. All right, Jemaya, somebody just said, um, Jemaya. I wanted to grab it because I sold this right oh. around this level and then I had the run to 65. I could actually rebuy the shares that I sold. I originally was in this at 13. Okay. And I, I got up to like 30, 35, and then I think I sold right around there, 35. Four, I can't remember for sure, but it was a great, big, big winner for me. Um, but then it went to 60. I was like, why did I sell it? It's come all the way back down. I mean, if you think that there's, you know, a, a hundred charts that look like this, these high flyers know, 2020, that have come off so significantly, like Stitch Fix, look at Stitch Fix, another one, SFIX. I mean, this thing has just been hammered. But it's starting to stabilize. I mean, if you think that tech is going to turn around, the Qs are going to make new all-time highs, and you know the Kathy stock's going to get hot again. If you think that, the time to strike on some of these things is now. I don't know if I think that, and that's why I haven't really been loading tech. I don't know what I think. I'd say I'm still guilty until proven innocent. I'm still sitting with a lot of cash in my longer-term account because... I'm I'm still nervous a little bit right now. I don't know, you know, what's happened it's, with yields. There's a lot of reasons to be nervous, but you know what? Maybe it's time to nibble on some some of these that are really beat up. Like the Jemaya valuation still doesn't make any sense at all. But could it turn back into a Momo trade just for a swing trade? You know, you could look at this and say, okay, well, I'm going to lean on the $40, $40 level. And you're risking 60 70 cents. And if it turns around on a dime today, you're good. If it starts taking it out, I guess you get stopped out. Maybe I'm too tight with that stop, but. I don't know. What are your thoughts here on all these stuff? You know, it's just a different story going yeah. on this time, right? 
it's just like there was no, you know, there was no pain here. You know, we're going up. We had a big up day. You know, all right, we go all the way to 70. And now, you know, you got people scratching their head. You got a double top, just what it, uh, at 52. Uh, the, if you want to do it, if you're looking at this, what you had a low of, uh, 31, it's called 31. That was about a 20 point move. So if it can hold in here, this 40, 41 area, the only thing is, is that, you know, you're getting into this candle right here, right? Yeah. Where you had the big up move. So there's not a lot of support, but it's trying to stabilize. Uh, maybe we'll ask Gene was the one that originally gave me this thing at like five bucks. We'll see what he thinks, uh, after this pullback, but, um, Right, it's a couple lows in the same area. I just don't think if you're expecting this kind of move up to seventy, it's going to take a while. All these charts look the same. You, I know. same thing. Lithium, LTHM. I'm still long lithium. Same thing. Um, I sold part of the lithium though. Uh, Palantir is, you know, they they they're all just you know, not really getting off the mat here, um, which is a little concerning because we had a significant. That's the one thing concerning. We had a significant bounce in QQQ yesterday, and a lot of these didn't bounce. So what does that mean? You know, you have the big market move like Stitch Fix. Yeah, didn't but go up not, not. I mean, really, what did bounce? It was just a couple. It was just big tech in the semis, right? Tesla, Tesla, but right. that Tesla sold off towards the end it of the day. Big tech in the semis is pretty much it. Value trade. That's a value trade still. So even in the QQQ itself, it found the value trade because you're right. Mega cap. You, you Facebook, you know, ripping higher yesterday gave back a little bit towards the end of the day. But I mean, that's a value stock. It is, you know, P4 is 19. These aren't like these high flying paying 75 times earnings, you know, or 70 or 75 times sales. I mean, so you're, it's a, it's a good point. You know, that what was bouncing yesterday was the value tech trade and not carry the QQQ. But, you know, Amazon had a good day. Apple had a good day. The big mega caps, you're right. So, do, do these stocks eventually start to get some love or not? I don't know. I don't know if we know the Man, answer. It's just yet. hanging out, though. I mean, it, they've Apple, been hit hard. I mean, Apple's just, whew. I mean, usually you get a little bit more of a, a, a bounce on this thing. This thing hasn't even sniffed 131 yet. You think it'd be half of the move. I don't know. These are just up, down, up, down, up. But we're down. talking two different stocks, too, here, like two different types of stocks. Like we started talking about the growth tech, and then Spencer was saying, no, but the mega caps. Right. Mega caps, I've put in a whole Apple, Amazon, Fang. It's a yeah. different group. It's not Jemiah. It's not going to move. It's not moving together. It's not growth tech. That's value tech. So if we're looking at growth tech, like I was looking, you know, the Stitch Fix, the U, all the symbols that are popping out of the chat, Palantir, SKL Zebra. You can see how many people are really heavily into growth tech. Growth tech is completely out of favor and it not turns, announcing. Yeah. Does it turn around eventually or is the trade just too bloody crowded? I mean, every I would say people reaching out, you know, to us in the chat and all these other vehicles, you know, we got hundreds of tickers thrown at us, you know, maybe even thousands if we can include the chat in different ways. I would say 80% of them are growth tech. So does that mean that the growth tech trade is just simply too crowded and has more to come off? I don't yeah. well, I don't know if I know the answer, but I think it could. Let's ask Nick Shaheen from Korea. Okay. Yeah, bring him on. Yeah. Um, Nick, uh, have you noticed or observed the same trend uh, with regards to growth tech is just sort of not not running with, with the rest of the rest right. of the so sorry on the delay i had the uh, technical gremlins i upgraded my internet of course the first oh, okay. day i really need it it bit me <laughs> so um uh, sorry about being late 
And as far as tech's concerned, every week I do a re video recap and I usually have like a theme. And this week it's taking my cues from the cues. And I was focusing on the QQQ. This morning, it looks like the stronger uh, between it and the ES. For example, I have slightly red on the ES and looks like the NQ, the futures on the yeah. so-called tech are green, flattish green. So we might see some leadership there. And as far as it being the, I think the mentality has changed. I've said it before um, that they used to say, okay, growth, rolling out of growth into value. They used to mean to, that dump the queues and go to something like the small caps, but that's now flipped upside down. The growth tech has become the value because the small caps is full of froth. So I think it's their turn to step up to the plates and to carry this bull forward. People are not selling. They're just selling one thing to buy something else. That's why the markets keep making new highs. We made new highs last week, except for the NASDAQ. So this week, yeah. my focus is on tech. The rotation definitely keeps us going higher. Uh, we started, and you probably couldn't hear the conversation because of your internet, but we started this conversation with stocks like Jemaya, you know, you, yeah. a lot of these like, you know, it's stocks that have, you know, higher multiple tech growth tech is what you could call it, you know, like, future, you know, yep. looking at, you know, stocks trading 50, 60 times earnings, or, you know, 50, 60 times sales, in some cases, these stocks have not bounced, you know, I was looking at JMIA, it hasn't bounced well, much. Well, that's you, part of my conversation. So you yeah. say 50, 60 times sales, but that's what's going on in the small caps. If you look at the things like, um, I, I don't know, the time sales on plug and, and um, GME, they're they don't make money. Well, GMB is different, but yeah, right. So the the, the hope the hopium lives there now versus a twelve times sales in a um, Facebook or eleven or nine. Yeah. So I will take those sales multiples over what's in the value play. Like like uh, so, so that's the the conversation. So I haven't given up on uh, big tech. Uh, they will have their day. Like I know that. There are values in my head for Apple. I know at 118, it has buyers. 112, it has buyers. 108, it has buyers. 103 and 96. So I know where to buy it. Yeah. yeah. So I know. So it's the, the, they used to call that stuff growth tech. And the mentality is still there. But I think once they hit levels, like at what level would you buy Tesla? Right. So they, everybody has a level. And so they have a better floor than all the rest of the stuff right now. So that's why I'm looking at how they behave this week because they have value below them. Are the buyers going to step up to start building some positions in those? You know, when I'm just observing a stock like Apple and some of these other things, when they get to an area like they did, I mean, it's just not bouncing. And I, I think when you, the longer you hang out down here, the longer you don't go back to 130. You just get heavier and heavier. So the fact that, I mean, that that was a big sell-off. It came off earnings. So, yeah, 120 looks like a good level. It's holding. But, man, earnings aren't going to be for a while. I think the longer longer it stays down here, the more chance you, know, you take it out that low. And the Qs, I like this chart a lot. I mean, yeah. you got major resistance just under 325. You know, you took back half of the move. You got major support at 310. So which way is going to go from there? That's what I so, keep on. So that's what I'm saying. Um, the easiest trades, that, there's no tra easy trades, but the <laughs> the easier wins that I've had are selling credit put spreads. So bull put spreads, selling risk into fear. So on a day when the queues fell on March 5th or and March 8th, 
Um, those were easy buys for me because if you look left on the chart, there is a funky candle from September 2nd. You love those funky candles. Well, yeah, they speak volumes. That day, it, the queues popped out of nowhere and immediately crashed. So, and, and look, right from that, there were a couple attempts into November 9th to get out from there. And then finally, by November 27th, they got out. And then they tested it for a footing on December 9th. And then March uh, 5th was the third test with three big, heavy candles that were immediately rejected. So that places the bet right there. Any dip into that is a buying opportunity with a stop. Because if you lose it, you're going to probably fall into the 280 clutches on the QQQ. But that's not my scenario. I will keep buying the dip into that until it fails. So I would get long when it falls into the 300 level, plus or minus a buck, and then stop out as soon as they lose the, the March 5th low because they might go to 280, which will be another buying point. So in a biased market like this, where you have the Fed has your back through 2023, they say, and by the way, what the heck kind of schedule? Look at the schedule today. Nothing but Fed. Sure yeah, my God. And yeah. he's going to speak again tomorrow. It, it is active to say the least. Right. So, so the Fed has your back. Uh, $2 trillion. I'll tell you a little story from this weekend. Uh, $2 trillion hitting the market. So my son is 19. He, he, he builds trucks for, for a living. And he just flipped a truck. I kid you not, an 05 Silverado with 340,000 miles, 8,500 bucks. So some kid comes what? over here. Yes, he's counting out cash on, on, on my bar and I'm writing, the, I'm signing the title off. This kid says, um, I couldn't get hundreds. The bank ran out because of the stimulus. So this is, this just happened. Wow. So I'm just telling you, how can you short stocks? There's yeah, literally works. money awash. Who's going to pay for all of this? It's a debacle down the line. But for now, this is this is the most bizarre situation I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, but that, that's like that's like tomorrow Nick's problems. Today Nick is 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 having a party. <laughs> well, that's what it is. We're just keeping the party going. The hangover yeah. is going to be horrendous. The hangover is going to suck. But hey, that's tomorrow's problem. Yeah, it's right. tomorrow. Those are grandkids' uh, problems. Yeah. The cops, we just the keep cops, printing money. The, the cops will show up at the door of this party eventually, right? Somebody will call the cops. I, 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 yeah. suppose. I suppose. Yeah, but for now, I don't. you can't fight. So dips are buying opportunities is what I'm trying to say. So if you short, this is what I call uh, down ticks mode. Don't fall for the down ticks. They're trading opportunities, but it's not the big one, Elizabeth. So... Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Joins us every other Tuesday. You can learn more by going to sellspreads.com uh, or just checking out his other platform, Create Income with Option Spreads. Nick, any uh, final thoughts for us today? Um, you know? No, just don't be too opinionated. I've let go of my preconceived notions and just trade the action the way it's happening. So don't jump on the bandwagon and ignore the news. Seriously, I, I keep reading more garbage. It's unbelievable. Ignore the news. Ignore the much news. There's not, not so much the, information coming from us from every different angle. I mean, that's the one thing, you know, social media and everything. Like, it's just like information overload from right, but, everywhere. But double check it is what I'm saying yeah, because I've been reading. I get these emails from Seeking Alpha every morning. I don't know who writes this garbage because some of the headlines are actually false. So I, th it's like there's nobody checking. 
the actual uh, headlines that are coming out. So make sure to read it and dig into it if it's actionable. So don't just act on it because somebody said it's 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 what it is. That's a, always great advice for any kind of market. Thanks a lot, Nick. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Sorry about that. Let's do some ticker time here. And let's start with a question. I think it was from uh, who was in the chat. I think it was from Joel Hat in the chat. He asked about assembly biosciences. They caught a downgrade this morning. This is ASMB is your ticker. Sorry, ASMB. And they caught a downgrade this morning from SVB Learing to neutral. Lower their price target to eight dollars from nine dollars. Well, no. I mean, I'll, I'll, a small I'll, company like. Yeah, uh, I mean, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Here is a four thirty one. You had a low four thirty one, four forty three. You're right there right now. So. There's your support. That's the all-time low. Stock was nearly 70 bucks in 2018. So there's, that's all I can give you on that one is the all-time right. low. Thoughts on Tencent Music from Robert Kendall. They had earnings last night. I didn't even really look too closely at the numbers. I did, I did for a hot second. But uh, their earnings uh, per share, I guess they were in line, and their sales was uh, sure. missed by the thinnest of margins, basically in line. Everything was in line for TME. It's just been running and running. I, I don't know. Like, I'm scared of growth tech, and I guess this would be a growth tech story, but the stock making new highs. So. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Is it? Is it not? I It's newer company. I thought it was a growth tech story. Maybe it's got value there, too. I'm not sure. I mean, what's in favor is very clearly, you know, just going back to the macro talk, what Nick was talking about. Value tech is in favor. Growth tech completely remains out of favor. Despite the huge run-up in the queues yesterday, you can clearly see it. And all the little growth names, you know, everybody wants to talk about, like DocuSign, really didn't do that much yesterday. Yeah, Peloton's bounced a little bit. Yeah, Zoom's bounced a little bit. But, I mean, look at where these stocks are. They've really not bounced <sighs> that much. No. So, these overall. all look alike. It's they like, all look alike. Yeah. All the growth tech, it's like such an algorithmic-driven market where it's got growth, value, this growth value trade is all algorithmically driven, and now it's separating within tech itself as well, between what's a growth tech stock and what's a value tech stock. Intel making new highs. Classic. You know, valuation's been cheap on Intel forever. I love Intel. AMD, um, you know, has been in the gutter. You know, NVIDIA, you know, NVIDIA bounced a little bit yesterday, but it's off significantly from the highs. The reason for that is you're seeing separation within the semis, where, okay, well, Intel's trading with a reasonable valuation, and AMD and NVIDIA are trading on these, you know, growth valuations, which are very high. So you've completely seen that trade happen within tech itself as well. So I don't know when, you know, that trade reverses again. And that's the question. Like, if you want, to reallocate, and if you've been value, 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 um, and I have, you know, to a certain extent, my portfolio is probably doing fairly well because I'm in a lot of value stocks. It's probably the time to maybe start thinking about selling some value stocks and buying some growth names. Um, not Zoom, but you know, picking, you know, if there's there's a hundred companies, you know, a couple hundred that have, are significantly off the highs now, and you know, that, that could stabilize and could start to, you know, the money might start rotating back into growth again. So if you're too heavy on one side, it's time to reallocate. But if you're coming in and like buying value stocks now and selling your growth stocks now, you're doing it backwards. Kind of late. I mean, yep. three months ago was a time to do that. You know, even two months ago, even a month ago. But they've run so far. I mean, do I want to go and sell? You know, some of these growth names for Viacom. I mean, do I want to go sell some of these growth names for? 
you know, whatever, you know, even the retail value trade, it started to come off in some of these the last couple of days, like Kohl's, you know, and Macy's, you've seen some of the retailers come off. Chevron has had a bad few days. Oil's had a bad couple of, you know, weeks, a week here. So you're starting to see some of the rotation come off again, but you got to be aware of it. You've got to be aware of what the rotation is. And right now they're rotating actually out of some of these alley value names and rotating into value tech. So the value trade rotate over and growth is still getting forgotten. Does it start getting hot again? I think it does eventually. So like I said, if you want to start looking at some of these names that have really been beat up, maybe you start nibbling at some of the growth stocks again. Uh, JT is asking about MWK. You always got always got to be careful with these two because there's two Mohawks, right? There's N- MWK. Yeah. yeah, MWK is Mohawk Group and MHK is Mohawk Industries. That's the foreign company. Yeah, the uh, But yeah. MWK, the one JG talked about, that's like the the technology company. It's like a, it's like a, um, like a SaaS platform, I guess, for consumer goods. I'm not yeah. totally clear. Uh, JG's asking about MWK. That's the, the, the technology company, not the foreign one. The 40 is the 50% yeah. retracement. So yeah. you're probably going to struggle there. So it's hard coming in and buying it now. I mean, if you're looking at that growth trade, there's other names that haven't really even got off the mat that maybe, you know, you want to play a lagger trade on it. But, you know, like I've said on the show yesterday, a stock like Roblox, which Kramer featured last night, and he said he would buy it right now. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, but, you know, um, you know he, he's jumping in. And that's what he said last night. He's like, I would buy it right now, RBLX. I kind of agree with Kramer on just the fact that this is a company that's, you know, a newer, sexier name. And if we do switch back to growth, this is a company that could go. I said on the show a few days ago that I think if growth starts to get hot again, this is going to be this one that leads happen. the way. So can Mohawk, I went the segue because MWK is a newer one too. Could MWK be one that leads the way as well? Um, uh, if we potentially, you know, come back, it could. So I think you look at, you know, maybe you're starting to look at what the new leaders could be if we start to move back into a growth and favor market. Because growth is, I don't think growth is going to stay out of favor for as long as everybody thinks it is. Everybody analyst gets on CNBC and says, this is values time and growth. We're going to go into a seven-year growth bear market. You know, I don't know if that's the case. Um, I don't like paying 70 times sales for stuff, but as trades, you got to just be, you know, always flipping around, going back and forth. So if I'm going to start getting back into growth, I want to be in names like this Roblox and maybe in the, even this MWK, which I don't know much about. Uh, boy, it had a really good day on Friday, 32.85 to 35.45. And you moved up again yesterday. I just don't like that it sold a buck 80 off the off that high for the day. Uh, 37.01 was the close. So I guess you could sit tight and say, hey, you know, this holds 36. It's still looking pretty good. That's the the uptrend the only thing is is that you got that one close at 545 but your next daily lows are down at uh, 3102 3150 so better hold this 36 and uh, let's see if the 3880 comes into play today sold off a buck 80 from that level so might have uh some people's i think the i think you make a lower high today i don't think i don't know about a lower low but that's what i'm looking at in yeah 38.80 boy this thing moves around for a 30 dollars stock yeah. s&p's on the comeback trail here 39.20.75 had that little dip overnight let's uh keep an eye on upside if you're looking for a short-term target the close was 39.30 on the downside, we're off that pre-market low. I 
by quite a bit. And you got a lot of Fed speak going on. So I think mm-hmm. you can see a lot of head fakes today. Uh, guys, smash that like button. Spinner in the in the Benzinga.com chat noting a headline that I had actually missed this morning. Uh, that was out during our show that uh, HIG, the Hartford board, has rejected a takeover offer from Chubb. So if you look at HIG, you'll see that run up a couple days ago. That was when Chubb came out with the takeover offer. HIG is rejecting the offer. It was at uh, 60 – what was the damn offering price there? Um, well, I don't know if there was a price on it. It was $21 billion takeover. Anyway, they rejected it, so that's the reason for the red candle this morning. We'll see if uh, – Chubb- Not too red, though. Not too high. red. Maybe someone's yeah. kicking around, or maybe someone's thinks someone's going to come, come back with a better bed. Exactly. I mean, Chubb's not rallying either on this, so you know, at least not yet. I mean, if Chubb's out, you'll see Chubb rally. So just be careful, short wow. Chubb here now. If Chubb says, "Okay, we're out," you can see Chubb because it's sold off like twenty bucks a here, lot. And a it, lot, yeah, significantly. I mean, some of the some of that, you know, is the the you know insurance financial trade has come off a little bit, but you know that's all pretty much HIG. So, I mean, I actually don't mind Chubb down here. Pretty good company, decent valuation. Maybe you start thinking about nibbling on a stock like Chubb because if they turn around and say they're out, that could pop five, six bucks just on the headline. If they have to raise their price, Oof. then and they're still going at it, then it's going to continue to fall. So it all uh, a little bit, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they obviously better. didn't like them paying what they were paying. So now if they pay more. <laughs> yeah, they're going to hit it farther, but maybe they're just going to say, okay, you want more, out. we're out. Yeah, and you know, so there. I mean, the trade would be to short HIG then too, if that's the case. But you know, Chubb, I don't mind it down here. All right, everyone, guys, smash that like button, please, in YouTube, and also be more like Kelly. Kelly Barrett says she tells everyone she knows about this show. Be like Kelly. Tell everyone you know about this show. I don't care if, if you only know your your cat and your dog. Tell them, okay? Uh, tell your pet. What's this? Uh, I know, I'm sorry. No. No, no, no. What you're gonna say? You can't. I was, well, everybody's talking about this RLX. What? What is this? I've never even seen the stock. It just came out like ten days ago. It's like this got to be this. Was this a spinoff? Was RL, this a new IPO? What RLX was, was uh, yeah. So this was the the Chinese e sig uh, thing, right? Uh, that's that's what that was. Okay. They. Oh, this oh, is, oh, oh. Yeah. So I I I wanted to bring this up the other day. We kind of ran out of time to to bring it up, but yeah, there was a report I think from Reuters. I want to say that. Uh, China is basically they don't really have any vaping or e-cig regulations, and their they their report was they're going to move to be more in line with what the U.S. has, and this is a similar to the to, to the vaping thing that we dealt with from a couple years ago. So, our that's what our direct hit, yeah, direct hit. I, I mean, they're it's like a, they're a vaping business. That's what RLX does. So, yeah. um, that doesn't yeah. sound great. It doesn't look like it sound, not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. All right. It is 9.03. Let me bring on our next guest. Guys, uh, we are a year uh, from the bottom of this crisis. And what that means is there's going to be a lot of companies that are that, that made a lot of adjustments to their earnings in the last year. And our next guest actually spends his time going through the details of these earnings reports and seeing, ah, oh, that looks weird. That's a weird adjustment. Oh, they, they they buried that detail. That seems notable. David Trainer is the founder and CEO of New Construct, joining us now on pre-market prep. David, good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. Good to be with you as well. So we are basically through the end of the, the uh, I guess, Q4 earnings season, you'd call it. Um, 
And what at a high level, what did you see? Did you see a lot of uh, adjustments, a lot of companies since they're reporting for not just the quarter, but for the whole year, right? Did, did you see a lot of like weird stuff in, in this earnings season? You know, we did, uh, you know, even in the, I think the fourth quarter last year. So just through three quarters, actually, I take that back through two quarters of 2020. We, uh, we did an analysis and the Wall Street Journal picked this up actually that showed that there were more write downs reported in the first half of 2020 than in any prior full year for like the last, I think, I think since the financial crisis. So uh, it's the big time kitchen sink effect is what we've been seeing. Uh, where companies are purposely taking all the charges they can take to clean their books, to look as good as they can look so that when things turn around, earnings can be as good as possible and stock prices can go up as much as possible. Uh, and I think we've already been seeing some of that over the last few months. Do you think some of that was was like genuine, like like genuine write downs or people or companies also just being like, all right, th- this is our chance. Let's just throw all the crap out while we can. You know, that's the funny thing about the stuff, Spencer. There's always a little bit of genuinity in there, you know, um, but a lot of it isn't. A lot of it's overstatement, uh, and it's always sort of dividing between those two things that's most important. Interesting. So, like, when you say you saw a lot of examples, can you can you give a couple of names and what you saw? Well, I can, I, I, you know, in terms of um, companies that had the biggest write-downs, like overstatements, uh, a great example just came out the other day. Ingersoll Rand had a bunch of unusual charges. Most of these were hidden, right? So they were in other operating expenses, net. So they were reported as, as operating, uh, even though they were non-recurring. Uh, 146 million of these. In total, the distortions we found distorted by almost 500%. But for example, there was an, uh, inside this other operating expense, I'm reading from our report, there was 93 million in restructuring charges that you found on page 108. Sources and and news and all that and and really what's been discovered in the last few months uh, or published really is that earnings and research is not as reliable as people think. The numbers just aren't as reliable as people think. And I think in order to be successful, especially in this meme stock frenzy world, yeah. you need to have some reliable fundamental dashboard, right? Just understand, yeah. hey, is GameStop still a good deal at fifty bucks or at four hundred bucks? Right? Somewhere in there, it goes off the rails. I don't know. And and what we're you know what we're here to do is provide people something that's reliable, uh, and we've got a unique technology to do that. Think of us as like blockchain for investing research. We can go through a 500-page document, pull out all these details and footnotes, and give people something that's unconflicted and reliable to understand profits. So you mentioned it. Are you going to be going through the report tonight with a fine-tooth comb, trying to find some whatever kind of weird stuff may or may not be there in GameStop? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's that's what we've been doing. And, and you know, fun, funny thing is, we actually were early on GameStop. You know, when we were talking this time last year, Spencer, it was on our focus list. Uh, and and we liked that stock for a while. Uh, we came around this, you know, this year and we said, you know, wow, this thing's uh, coming. It's coming around pretty well. It started getting to 35, 30, 30 bucks. And we said, OK, well, it's time for us to close. And by the time we went sort of went through our processes, you know, the stock was at 300. <laughs> so, so are there specific things, specific red flags, specific terminologies that you're going to be scraping for, looking for tonight that, that other people can also look for? Yeah, there are there are a ton of keywords, uh, things yeah. like 
um, unusual things like non-recurring, things like acquisition related. You know, if, if you go to our Ingersoll Rand report, there's a nice list of them. Foreign currency transaction transaction losses, severance, acquisition related expenses, restructuring. Our database um, and our technology, you know, has probably, I don't know, a million of these things that we've been collecting over the years. Uh, and, and that's how we taught it. We had humans go through and say, hey, this is wrong and it belongs not in this category, but this category. Right. We've done right. that millions and millions of times with the aid of technology so that now the machine can go through that, sweep through that filing in a matter of seconds or a couple of minutes. A human can go through and say, okay, this all looks right. We've got a bunch of algorithms that check for all these kind of differences. And we can distill a couple hundred pages, 500 page complex annual or quarterly report, you know, very quickly in order to give people, you know, that, that unconflicted, unbiased measure of profits. Yep. Ron with David Trainer is the founder and CEO of New Constructs. Newconstructs.com is his website. Um, so overall, David, you know, we're through the end of this this earnings season. And you mentioned the Ingersoll Rand report from a couple of days ago. That was pretty recent. But by and large, um, at least with, as it pertains to the most recent uh, reports, more or less than expected. And do you, and do you expect going forward now that we're, we're we've kind of been at this at this thing for a year or a year into this crisis? Do you do you expect the number of of write downs or adjustments or things to to revert back to the mean pre pre COVID? Yeah, so uh, I think that's that's right. You know, what, what we've seen when companies have written down so much, right, an extraordinary amount in a short amount of time. Yeah, uh, it's like everything's exaggerated, Spencer. I mean, you know, right. I, I think the tech bubble, and, and we've seen kitchen sink earnings before, but nothing like what we've seen recently, and nothing like what we've seen in terms of sort of ridiculous expectations baked into stock prices. And so, what we'll probably switch from is companies that are understating their earnings by bearing so many unusual losses in there to companies that are going to start juicing the earnings by sneaking unusual gains into their numbers and overstating profits so as to take advantage of the euphoric investment environment. So like what terms would could we look for if I was going through an earnings like a, a earnings report or a quarterly filing? To- the word the word gain um is 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 a big one. Uh gain, okay. Yeah, gain, uh, unusual income, um, reversal, um, charges to other accounts. Uh, these are all that's a that's a financial one. Yeah, these are all things that that. Uh, yeah, you know, you do a control F on a, on a on a Q or a K or a press yeah. release. Um, press releases oftentimes aren't going to have those kinds of details. Um, but yeah, that those are those are some key words to look for uh, on in terms of unusual gains, uh, unusual income. Interesting. Okay. Uh, question from the chat here. Let me find it. Uh, Crazy Clan is asking, David, have you done this sort of research on any EV companies, Tesla, Neo, et cetera, or any battery plays? We know there's a lot of uh, divisiveness uh, around Tesla and their stock versus their balance sheet. Um, and, and really, Tesla is just the poster child for the entire space. Do you, have you done this sort of research on on this in the EV space? Uh, you you know we we have actually we did some um, it was actually an article covered in Bloomberg where we looked at write downs across sort of the EV companies versus the yeah. traditional. The thesis being that the traditional companies, traditional internal combustible engine companies, yeah, uh, had 
to, had to experience more write downs because maybe their technology was bad. And they actually, it, it, it didn't turn out that way at all. And, and they were sort of on a per asset basis, write downs were equal for the EVs versus the incumbents. But I think with respect to Tesla, you know, they have an unusual income item that is critical to their ability to be profitable. And those are the sale of regulatory credits yep. that we deem as non-recurring and quickly uh, diminishing as uh, we've seen now the incumbents quickly decide to bring a lot of um, EV production online or to switch their factories over. So uh, Tesla's going to have to find a way to make real profits, which we expect to be considerably challenging uh, with all the risk that I'm sorry, with all the competition that's coming in. So are there other companies maybe like Tesla that are on your like high alert list that you whenever every quarter the report comes around, you're like, OK, we need to look at this. Maybe like GameStop for right now, maybe Tesla. Are there other ones that are like super like, OK, like we're, we're super focused on this one. This one is of, of, of high interest to us. Yeah, you know, a couple um, on the short side, right, that we're just waiting to blow up, uh, DoorDash and Carvana. Interesting, uh, interesting. Right, like Door, DoorDash is really still not making any money, um, you know, in, in what is a best ever environment. It's it's a it's a zero margin business, right? I mean, how many million dollar pizza delivery drivers have you ever known in your life, right? Uh, not, not many, <laughs> not many. <laughs> Risky business doesn't count, right? Uh, and, and so... Um, yeah, that's a business that's just, you know, just, there's a lot of competition. It's, it's a zero margin business and, uh, the valuation there is, is, is pretty ridiculous. Um, another one is Carvana. I, this is interesting because I've, I've never understood this. This business model has always escaped me. Um, as I understand it, they just like you, you buy a car and then they deliver it to you. Right. Isn't that how it works? And uh, the model, it's also like used cars, right? I don't know. The model has, has has never quite made sense to me. I'm not, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, no, when you, and when you dig deeper, basically the value proposition is, is that there, you know, you can, you can buy a car with a more online experience. Well, guess what? Everyone does that now, right? It's not that hard. Like being able to do things online is not a significant competitive advantage. The real issue with with uh, Carvana is, is that they've got lower profits and margins because they have a whole lot less scale, but they're priced as if they're going to sell four times as many cars as the industry leader or CarMax. And CarMax benefits from having both the online and bricks and mortar approach. And guess what? People like to test drive cars before they buy them. Yeah, right? that's a big purchase. I'm not just going to like look at it online uh, and, and do that. And so. Um, and, and, you know, Carvana has got a, a, an interesting switch they're trying to undertake in their business model where they're trying to buy more cars, too, because one of the problems in trying to sell as many cars as they wanted to sell is that they lack the benefit of a brick and mortar dealership because they didn't get all these trade ins. Right. They didn't take trade ins. You can only buy. But the trade ins are critical to selling and having inventory for used cars, because that's where actually the dealers make most of their money is on the trade ins as opposed to the auction. Right. And so, uh, yeah, you, you, you know, you're looking at a stock that, um, you know, missed expectations in, in, in the last quarter um, and is, you know, it's still trading sky high. It's, I think, part of this, I don't know, um, techie, happy uh, investing bubble that we're yeah. in in some cases. Hey, um, uh, give them credit. They've got cool towers. There's one near me. Um, <laughs> and, and, and on that note about the, the online thing, I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried to buy a Tesla, but it takes like, 
two minutes. You know what I mean? It's like the easiest thing in the world. You go to the website, you click, yeah, I want that color, I want that model, I want this extension. Boom, you're done. Five minutes, you're done. It's part of Tesla, right? It's like, it's like the, easy, the easiest thing to do in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the way it should be, right? And so, right. Um, you know, and I, and I, I bought a, a car on Carvana um, and been been happy with, with one, not so much on the other, uh, just trying to check it out. And it, it wasn't that seamless. And, and yet when I went to get it, I still had to do a lot of paperwork. <laughs> oh, I can't. Maybe they uh, haven't been able to hack that away yet. Uh, David Trainer is the founder and CEO of New Construct. Does some very good, deep, deep, deep research on earnings reports, 10Ks, 10Qs. Um, and like the accounting behind that stuff. So highly recommend that. David, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll have you on again later in the year. Great. Thank you, Spencer. Right. Good to be with you. All righty. Uh, it is 917. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for pre-market prep today. If you're listening to this show via podcast, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice thanks to your guests both nick shaheen and david trainer um i know we did some ticker time today i've been trying to get to more of that i won't i'm really trying hard to cover as many tickers as we can but if for whatever reason you asked a question you dropped a ticker in chat and we didn't get to it that's okay because the chat runs our next show get technical with neil hamilton which is about to start his show is basically like 20 percent things that neil cares about 80% things that Jack cares about. So if you have a question, stick around. There is uh, almost uh, assuredly, uh, basically, Neil will get to your question if you stick around. Uh, it's basically the uh, what the point of Get Technical is, is a show for, for you and your questions and your charts. And uh, Neil will look at anything and everything. As long as it has price action and price history, Neil will look at it. All right. Smash that like button, please, guys, for the show. Seriously, that it sounds like stupid. I feel dumb saying it all the time, but but it does help. It really does help on YouTube. So hit that like button, not just on YouTube, wherever you're watching this. If you're watching this on Facebook, we're on Twitch, we're on Twitter or Periscope. Smash the like button, please, please, please. And thank you for that. You can always email us as well. If you, you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, good or bad, you love us, you hate us, email us premarket at benzinga.com. If you're listening via podcast, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a good rest of your day.